Welcome to Tech Talks, the technology podcast with David Savage and Jack Pierce, publishing on Mondays and Thursdays. This is the show packed full of interviews and debate with technology leaders for the love of tech. On today's show, we are talking to Katie Medlock, the UK country manager of driving. But before that, hiya Jack. Hello Dave. How are you? I'm very well. Happy to see you again in person. Yes. yes. How's your Monday going? Yeah, not too bad. It's a proper last minute recording this one, isn't it? Because we were hopeless at the end of last minute. Well, this week. isn't last minute. This is this is just on the ball. If anything, this is uh, as, as close to a live show as it gets before the ninth, right? This yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think this is, you know... Well, it's, it's emulating what real podcasts do, right? What, record on the day of release? Sort uh, yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they've got the production value in time to turn it round. Well, all of our favourite sports ones record on the day and release it on that day. Like, I know the Totally Football Show does. Um, they record on a Monday morning, Monday afternoon. Yeah. Easy. Talk, talking of sport, uh, just a quick kind of diatribe. Um, whatever you think of him as, a, as an individual, what a sporting comeback story. Tiger. Yeah. Wow. I mean, we were talking about it in our office this morning, saying like, as far as a comeback goes, it's it's not that impressive on a skill set wise because Tiger was the best. Yes, he's overcome injuries and controversy. The, the guy could could barely. Well, there was a point last year where he had to call his daughter to help him off the floor because he no, couldn't stand up. But the skill was always there. But I think yeah. from a from an environmental point of view, in that. The, the environment Tiger was creating around himself was very nasty after the affair and stuff like that. Yeah, for him to have the mental, yeah, and for him to have the mental strength, whether that be a good thing or bad thing, to overcome that, overcome career-threatening injuries, and then win the Masters, it's incredible. It, yeah. it truly is. I don't want to take anything away from Tiger because he's always been a boss, but just seeing that classic combo of the red polo on the black jeans, him winning it with the... Oh, yeah, I'm not. I don't even like golf, but that was amazing. There's something about it's not an underdog story because, as you say, he's he's got he's he was a prodigy. But it is in a way. Yeah. yeah, yeah there's yeah, something yeah. about comebacks and underdog stories that are just a bit like Leicester winning the league where no one gave yes. him a chance. Yes, but yeah. this is yeah, this is all, this is I'd say more akin to say if Liverpool were to win the league this year. You know, they used to be really good back in the day and all the rest of it. Yeah. And then they've now come back. But yeah, and props to Tiger. The man is, like you say, no matter what you think of him personally, he is a sporting legend. You know, he is up there with the all-time greats like Federer and um, Phil the Power Taylor. Yeah. As far as darts go, he's the best, <laughs> you know. So this, there is no real kind of tenuous segue into that other than uh, 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 maybe you shouldn't use a, a golf buggy. You know, you should just walk. Yeah, or use an electric one. Yeah, yeah electric yeah, golf buggy. Electric golf carts. I'm pretty sure they should be doing them already, right? If they're not, if not, there's a massive market for someone there. There we go. Uh, no, today's talk is all about driving. Uh, French growth up, I would say, rather than start-up. Yeah, yeah. It's, they've been established out there for a while now, 10 years, isn't they? Uh, but then they, they moved over post-Brexit to London in November 2017. Yeah, and uh, we're talking to them on the back of the ultra-low emission zone uh, coming into force from Monday last week. Yep. So this is as topical as Tech Talks gets. Yeah. That was almost a tongue twister. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Katie is the UK MD. She's our guest. Stay tuned after us. Myself and Jack will have some comments and we'll have some news. 
So today we're talking to Casey. Uh, you are the UK MD of driving. That is correct. I not, am. For not drivy, as I said on an outtake, which is <laughs> appalling on my part. Drivy. Um, and Drivy are a French company. Yes, that's true. But based in the UK for how long? Uh, we've been open in the UK market for well, nearly a year and a half, actually, now. Yeah. yeah. So opened in November 2017, slowly starting to acquire cars on the platform, and then also people who want to drive those cars. So I should probably give some background to what Absolutely. we actually do. Absolutely. I was going to say, kind of the closest that I would have associated this business to previously would have been something like Zipcar, but it's more than that as well now. It, it is, yeah. So... Uh, I guess as a user experience, it is quite similar when you're renting a car to something like Zipcar. But Drivey, actually, we have a bit of a blended model in terms of how those cars that people can share are actually on the platform. Mm. So it started as a peer-to-peer company by our founder, Paulin, who's still our CEO now, in Marseille, in France, when he realized that a couple of people in his apartment building were sharing one car between a few different families, managing costs and splitting the, I guess, efficiency of the asset of the car. Mm. And I think he was watching this and thought, hang on a minute, this makes sense. And so Drivey was started um, with the view of being a peer-to-peer car platform that allows people to share their cars with others and therefore making the most use of that asset. So mm. in its original sense, it was part of the sharing economy. And it still is, but it's also evolved over the years to have other forms of cars on the platform. So this could be entrepreneurs. We've got a couple of guys who have um, started maybe with a small handful of cars and then grown up to having a fleet of 50 here in the UK. Uh, It could be rental car agencies who actually take some of their cars off their existing branch and so forth and put them onto drivey located where people live and work near the city. Or even any really underutilized car that you can think of can be listed on driving. So a car repairs garage that has courtesy cars used during the week, Friday, six o'clock, we fit them with the telematics device that allows people to open them with their phone mm-hmm. and those cars can be shared to others. You must get some interesting data on how people use those cars. I mean, the assumption would be Sunday morning to go to the, to the supermarket maybe once a week, but I don't know, that might not be true. Uh, that's definitely the place that we're, we're aiming for. So we aim to replace car ownership mm. rather than car rental. So when you're in that peer-to-peer space, it might be longer hires but now that we have the open device which is what we call the keyless tech Mm -hmm. we're aiming to make it so convenient to share a car that you don't need to own one anymore which means we're not sort of a weekend away but we're more tuesday evening go and visit your grandma those kind of short hire use cases so the keyless tech sits on an app on your phone and allows you to unlock a car Mm -hmm. just using your phone yeah exactly how does that work inside the car do you have to fit a dongle that allows yeah it's just a small dermatics device that allows us to connect to people's mobile phone and the other thing it does is reads things like the mileage and the fuel gauge so if you return the car with more fuel than Mm -hmm. you picked it up with you'll actually get a refund cool Mm. okay so that's the nuts and bolts of how it works but yeah we've been in france since 2010 uh, and in the UK since uh, November 2017, and we're by far the biggest car sharing platform in Europe with 55,000 cars on the platform across all of those markets and two and a half million users. I would assume London is your biggest market. Oh, no? Not yet. I'll I'm get shaking, there. Shaking Don't your worry. Head. No, sorry. I was going to say, let me rephrase that. I would assume you're the biggest market in the UK. Oh, yes. In that case, we can nod Yes. Us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, being a French company, I'd imagine. Yeah, that, yeah, no, yeah, yeah France yeah. is definitely still the lion's share of the business. But yeah, London, we're, we're really going for it. Are there other cities in the UK, though, that you're seeing kind of uh, a, a good um, 
failing me now for the word, but, but adoption, there we go, of, yeah. of, the, of the business? Uh, so what we've done is really focused our efforts on London so far. So for us, we believe that you've got to have a really good density in the city to be sure that your product is good enough that people want to use it. So in London, we've been focusing on trying to get a car within 10 minutes, in most cases in zones one and two, actually five minutes, mm. walk from where everybody lives and works. So that's been our core focus. Outside of London, you can list your car on the driving platform already. But until now, apart from in a few small cities, we won't actually be able to install the driving open advice until we've hit the density in London. That's sort of the business model. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting to see these really cool communities of peer-to-peer car sharing outside of London happening. And that is in the likes of Edinburgh, Glasgow, Manchester, and a little bit in Bristol too. I suppose one of the cool things about something that is effectively Mm -hmm. peer-to-peer is that your audience or your consumers rather can take you anywhere to a certain degree. Because if someone, no, if someone was to kind of go, right, I'm in Liverpool and I want to stick a car on the the platform. Oh yeah, from that point of view, absolutely. You're not limited by where your infrastructure has to be. If they they are on the platform, they can kind of take you to a lot of different locations. 100%, and that's actually the beauty of the model, not just in terms of expanding outside of cities, but also expanding within cities. So Mm. when you're a car sharing platform where you actually own the cars yourself, Each individual car needs to be financially viable. But the beauty of our model is that, yes, we have some completely dedicated cars with big fleet partners, but that's supplemented by, like I say, the non-dedicated supply, which is peer-to-peer or also businesses who use the car for something else during the week. And because those cars are actually offsetting costs rather than needing to be profitable, it means we can scale into areas where maybe other platforms can't. Now, talking about London more specifically, Mm -hmm. You have a press statement out. I was correct. It's not a press release, but a press statement out. Uh, that there is an ultra low emission zone coming into force. Um, that isn't isn't the main news. Right? I guess that people know that. Although I didn't know that to be perfectly okay, fair. Okay. Okay. Cool. There we go. Uh, but you're going to waive commission for any car that owners who swap their existing car in exchange for a hybrid or electric car and then stick on the platform. You're, you're going to waive effectively yeah. commission for those users. Yeah, that's exactly it. So. If you haven't heard of you, Les, I can assume some other listeners haven't as well. So yes, I'll well, give you, as, as you know from previous conversations, right. I don't have drive. have no reason to know. Well, it's, it's not that I, do. <laughs> I should probably care about envi- environmental reasons. But yeah, you know, it'd be good for you to kind of maybe give some, okay. some background here. Well, I, I, I won't get all, um, all too Simon Sinek on us here, but it is really about start with drivers. Why? Right. So we aim to reduce car ownership. We aim to support clean air initiatives. And so what ULES is, is an initiative from um, Sadiq Khan, who has responded, I guess, to Londoners' concerns about air quality with the introduction of a low emission zone, ultra low emission zone. Don't forget the ultra, very ultra. Um, And what it is, is in the same space at the moment as the congestion zone from Monday, um, 8th of April, that zone will also have a charge for cars that don't meet this ultra low emission standards. Now, broadly speaking, that's petrol cars before 2006, and diesel cars before 2015. Oh, I, I was aware of this because yeah. my father-in-law was complaining about it because he was like, everyone was encouraging us to buy diesel and I'm going to get charged more from my diesel car. But they probably should. Don't buy a car that's going to destroy the planet. <laughs> and so from 2015, which is why it's broadly speaking those years, um, all diesel cars that were released are this Euro 6 emission standard. Right. So at that point in time, these cars are... a. a Suitably clean model. Got you. So, Fine. cars that don't meet those charges will be um, charged £12.50 
to enter the congestion zone on mm. top of the already existing congestion zone charge. And this is all part of a wider drive by TfL mm-hmm. to get 80% of journeys on public transport by 2041. And I guess the gap for you guys is that's not always viable. I think over those times in, in central London, absolutely it will be. And it's part of the drive, not just to get more people on public transport, but also part of the clean air initiatives as well. Mm. So to start with, it would just be that inner congestion zone. Sure, but some people live in the suburbs and they need to get to a station or they, they need a car or they, they would need access to a car for some journeys. Yeah, absolutely. What, what, it, what it'll do is it will make everybody who does own a non-compliant car, they've kind of got three choices from now. Right. They can either continue using their car and get charged. Mm-hmm. They can either upgrade to a compliant model or they can, of course, completely scrap their car and decide that actually it's 2019. I live in central London. Do I realistically need to own a car? It will really depend on each individual's life circumstances. Some people will have a family and they'll decide, yes, they will need to own a car and they need to make it a compliant model. And I mean, we get it. Whilst we're huge supporters of ULES, the reality is that is actually really, really expensive, you know, to upgrade to an EV or a hybrid or even a cleaner version of a petrol car can be a big upfront cost for families. Right. So it's great to see that people are recognising car sharing as an opportunity to say, okay, I do need to own a car, but because it's more expensive, I need to find a way to offset the costs. I can actually rent it out to others when I'm not using it, therefore making the upfront cost of buying this new car more viable. Out of interest, Mm -hmm. I don't know whether you have this to hand, it might be anecdotal, but your user base, do they come back to you and say that uh, drive is great because it's something, it's kind of an economic choice, it makes sense for them economically, or because they do have that kind of green mission at heart that they they kind of buy into that it's a total mix and it's such a good question and of course um as something of a greenie myself i'd love to say with my hand on my heart that every single customer we have either on the driver or the owner side um has only green initiatives in mind but the reality is is that people are always looking for a way to maximize their assets Mm. and of course what you can make on the car on the car each month is is a huge driver and for peers they can make 200 300 pounds a month quite easily in their pocket and that's enough to sort of offset the costs of owning the car right so of course it's an economic initiative and from my point of view so long as it's encouraging less cars on the road and the right cars on the road i'm all for it why did you join the business? You've, you've moved on to the UK from New Zealand, from, yeah, uh, yeah. which is a very green country that I imagine you do need cars in, but this <laughs> yes, must be a so. different challenge, right? Well, actually, it's funny you ask regarding the, the New Zealand needing of a car. So I was actually based in New Zealand. I grew up in the UK originally. I'm not yep. sure which part of the accent you can hear, <laughs> but I uh, grew up in the UK originally, moved to New Zealand and spent you know the majority of my adult life there. I um, was working for a car rental company that sort of specialised in the youth market, and they were quite an innovative company and they actually bought half of New Zealand's car sharing company, um, peer-to-peer car rental called Your Drive. And um, in all honesty, when they first came into the office, I was asked to help them with their brand strategy. And I hadn't actually, you know, New Zealand, a small market, very dependent on car ownership. I hadn't really had anything to do with peer-to-peer car sharing. I'd heard it was a thing, but I'd never interacted with it was asked to help your drive with some of their brand strategy and you know building of a marketing team. Mm. And I just had this click. And uh, I just thought, this is something that makes sense. And it's really something that's going to change 
the quality of our air, it's going to change the way people think about owning things, make better sense with how we utilize our assets and really, you know, get all these parked cars sitting there for 96% of the time doing absolutely nothing mm. off our streets and make cities a better place to live in too. And that's something I'm passionate about. So my partner and I decided we were going to move back to the UK um, around, you know, the same time that we were, okay, looking at, looking at Brexit. I was getting a bit nearer. So we questioned our choices a few times, but decided we were coming back to the UK. Is your, is your partner also from the UK then? Or? Uh, he is a Kiwi who's lived over here a fair bit. Right. We like to, you know, keep it cross-continent, mix it up. Yeah. And so when I started looking for jobs in London, I first started knocking on the doors of car care sharing companies. Mm-hmm. And the one, that, the one that came when I saw they had a role was driving and I looked at the company, the missions, the values, it makes sense. Just decided, yeah, that's for me. So very quickly, we've, we've talked about um, the, 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 the initiative that you've got running alongside mm-hmm. the ultra low emission zone. What else is in the pipes though? So the way that initiative actually works is that if you scrap your non-compliant car, get a compliant car and list it on Drivey, we'll waive our service fees for the first year. Right. And the reason we're doing that is because we openly support and believe in new les and the benefits that it can bring and we want to see people viewing it as a positive change and of course enabling to overcome the barriers of getting the right car. Mm. On the driver's side, we'll also be looking at ways that we can encourage people who have decided actually not to replace their car, but to go and actually give up their car, incentives for them to consider car sharing as a viable replacement. Because Mm -hmm. it is. If you've got a car around the corner from you and you can access it whenever you want with your phone, it actually has all the benefits of owning a car, but without any of the burdens of doing so. So we'll be looking at ways that we can basically bring drivers across to the side of car sharing as well. Well, look, as, as someone who's never driven or owned a car, I, I fully believe in, in, in your mission. Uh, I don't understand why people can't use public transport more. So, <laughs> great mission. Uh, thank you. But look, it's been lovely to talk to you. And thank you for your time. It's a Friday, so have a lovely weekend. You too. Thank you and very thanks. much. Um, <laughs> I have to say, when, when I first started talking to Katie, talking about driving, mm. uh, and she was telling the origin story in Marseille, for no apparent reason, uh, the film Taxi popped into my head. Sure. The Luc Besson produced yeah. original, not the American yeah. uh, horror show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I just I love the idea of kind of, I don't know, crazy driving around the streets of Marseille. It's a bit, anyway. yeah. Well, it reminded me of Collateral. Do you, have you ever seen Collateral? Jamie oh, yeah. Fox and Tom Cruise? Uh, that's not a positive thing for car sharing. No, yeah, no, no. But maybe it's not. It's a great thrill ride. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, look, I was talking about you, Les, in the office with Ryder. Uh, Right. Producer Ryder. And he was like, oh, no, it's terrible. And I was like, why is it terrible? So, oh, you know, I, I can't drive into Shoreditch on a Saturday. I was like, mate, why do you need to drive into Shoreditch? Where is he parking? Well, I know. I just, I struggle with the mentality of anybody that feels the need to drive into central London at any point for pleasure. Because he was doing that to go for some food. I just want to say also, oh. Ryder, if you didn't drive a petrol car pre-2006, you'll be fine to not pay this extra money, by the way, mate. And also, I love Ryder, but ultra-low emission zone, that is as, uh, what we need in, in, in the city centre, right? Like, yeah. You can't walk around uh, the, the square mile or whatever without later in the day picking your nose and finding something really gross coming out, you know? <laughs> the, the, what it does to our insides is disgusting, and 
anyone who opposes this is on the wrong side of history and also is a bit of an idiot. Sorry, Ryder, I love you so much, but I, I would rather we had a clean uh, ecosystem around London than you being able to park and go get your mother clucker on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> it's just nuts. I mean, look, our planet on the BBC, oh, oh. not on the BBC, sorry, on Netflix at the minute, right? Just so, on that, the Attenborough effect, 40% of a sample size of about 5,000 people have all aimed to reduce plastic. So the Attenborough effect is a real thing. Yeah, I, well, national treasure. When the, 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 <laughs> yeah. the, the, the day that man, yeah. the, the, the day that man dies. He Jesus. won't. He won't. Um, no, look. I mean, our planet. We saw over the weekend uh, young protesters taking to the streets mm. to uh, talk about environment uh, or, or talking about saving the planet. It's something that AOC has yeah. been talking about a lot, with good reason. Yeah. You know, the planet is fragile and we are destroying it mm. and to be perfectly frank even if it wasn't as convenient as it is to get around London yeah. there is no fucking excuse in London even if it wasn't as convenient as it is this is something that people should get behind and okay maybe it is an inconvenience to some small business uh, owners who have to drive around central London and maybe there should be some exemption on that I don't really know no no no, but, no. get an electric car and then you're well, yeah, get an, yeah I, I, I do get that some there could be some small amount of people that would go, ah, oh, it's a bit inconvenient. But for the vast majority of people, for Christ's sake, like, no. why do you need to drive into London and it's better for the environment? I totally, totally get where you're coming from. And it will be awkward to some people. It'll be awkward until it becomes normal. So adopt it now and save the fucking planet. Like, Leonardo DiCaprio's on our side here, guys. Like, let's do it. Although I have a bit of an... I mean, I think that guy uses quite a lot of private jets. Right, now there is an issue there. There is, there is a massive issue there. And I suppose it comes down to him solely using his profile to promote. But I agree, you know, when you're going to do things like private jets and stuff or, you know, swan off on a yacht with 50 supermodels. I'm now, just getting jealous of Leo. The, <laughs> the pivot into talking more about driving, by the way, rather than the legislation. Mm. I love... We've, we've always talked about finding the commercial angle to things like inclusion and diversity and environmentalism and all of these good things. Yeah. They've got a peer-to-peer, fundamentally entrepreneurial platform. And I love it when I put it to Katie about, you know, do the majority of your users look at this as a green uh, platform or a commercial platform? And she said, look, as a greenie, I, I'd love it if they all had that view and that's why they were using it. But let's be honest, yeah. people can put their car on there and earn 200 to 300 pounds a month through letting their car work for them mm. whilst they're not using it. Mm. And and it's great that, let's be oh, yeah. frankly, slightly hard-nosed about some of these issues. Sure, sure, sure. That platform exists. Yeah, I mean, the idea is brilliant. Like, it, it just is. Like, I'm, I need to pitch this to my old housemate. Ashlyn, if you're listening, you need to get signed up to Drivey. She has a car in London. She doesn't really use it that much, but it's, her, her car's just sitting there. And I need to say to her, Ashlyn, you can get more out of this. You can earn some money out of this. You know, people in your area can come and borrow your car for the day. She's very precious over her little Fiat 500, mind you. She might not want other people using it, but... But how easy that she just needs yeah. to stick a, um, a dongle in there yeah. and all you need is your phone. Yeah, it's... Because in the past where I've done kind of the whole, whole zip car, car rental thing, yeah. um, it's just a pain because you've yeah. got to go get the keys. You've got to go to... You still got to go to like a Eurocar center or whatever, yeah. which isn't on your doorstep. Yeah. So you know, if you li- the best example I could think was when I lived in um, where was I, Hornsey, and I had to get down to King's Cross to then come back to Hornsey to then be able to use the car. 
Which it's is not, not convenient. Yeah, it's not convenient. Uh, Zipcar's fine. For, I think it's fine if you can drop the car off on the way. Right, if you go out of your way to make it work, whereas this is... Like the innovation say, of your phone. Yeah, yeah. Keyless um, tech. Yeah, this is just... It's mind-blowingly good, and I'm all for it, man. I mean, we're the wrong people for this, because neither of us can bloody drive. Yeah, true. But I see the value in it, right? We, it's, yeah, it's... But also, we can be great advocates, because you don't need a car in London. Like, I, I, I at some a. point in my life, will probably need to drive when I live in the countryside, and yeah, there's yeah. not public transport everywhere. Fine. But I would still far rather choose to take the train whenever I can take the train. I love that you know that you'll be living in the countryside soon. I didn't say soon. Well, you kind of intimated that, you know, when I'm living in the countryside one day. One day. I don't think you'll ever be able to live in the countryside. You need to be connected in the city, Dave. I yearn for green open space, Jack. You yearn for ultra low emission zones, Dave. I do, I do. I, 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 yeah. I, live in one then <laughs> no you probably no one else could afford to live in an ultra emission zone the problem is we could definitely afford to live in them but the jobs aren't there at That's the minute true, actually, yeah, we yeah. need techs to catch up to allow us to work completely remotely uh, in a way that doesn't do away with the collegiate environment that an office provides and then we're sorted ding dong yeah. anyway yeah. I think on that note we'll go to our advert break Yeah. and uh, we'll talk to you soon with a couple of news articles Tech Talks are partnering with Alive and Kicking, a charity that set up businesses that manufacture beautiful sports balls across sub-Saharan Africa. Using profits from ball sales and additional fundraising from events like the Hackney Half Marathon, they're able to train sports coaches to deliver vital health education. We're about to hear from Naomi, a coach in Zambia, who's been trained to deliver mental health education to her community. Hello there, this is Coach Naomi from Zambia. I would love to say about Alive and Kicking training, which has helped me to teach my players about like mental health. It has really built my knowledge and they have passed through to my young players in, in the community. I also work with Special Olympics where we deal with children with disability, mentally and physically. I hope and trust that the Alive and Kicking will continue teaching coaches in various parts of the world, not just in Zambia. Thank you very much, Alive and Kicking. Would you like to go first? Sure. Um, I'm playing off the back of the old uh, black hole photo last week. Right. Um, and I've had, I can't believe where I've got my article from today, Dave. TNW. <laughs> After, I mean, this is from Brian Clark. It was, um, I think, it was published over the weekend, and it is the story that NASA is paying Elon Musk's SpaceX sixty-nine million dollars to crash a rocket into an asteroid. To crash a, la, a rocket, Alarmageddon style. <laughs> so, so to crash a rocket. So the mission, called the Double Asteroid Redirection Test, or DART. Oh, right. I was, I, was, I was like, double asteroid? Yeah, okay. Dart, yeah. yeah. Uses a technique known as a kinetic impactor. It involves sending one or more high-speed spacecrafts into the path of an approaching near-Earth object, in this case, an asteroid. If successful, the rocket would steer the asteroid away from the Earth's orbital path, avoiding the need for an Armageddon sequel, presumably. NASA demonstrated this on a smaller scale with the Deep Impact mission in 2005, the name of yet another asteroid movie that we probably aren't going to need a sequel for. Without going too deep into the article, Musk is doing Armageddon 2 essentially on a watered-down level, maybe. And look, space space talk is always going to really excite me, and this is just further showing 
our advancements in this area, right? Um, like I say, we won't get to an Armageddon-style sequel because this project will stop that from happening, but I still feel as though it's worth us calling up Aerosmith for another song. By the way, Deep Impact, very good film. Yes. Better film than Armageddon. Oh, come on, man. Like, Armageddon's awful, but it's, it's one of those films, ain't it? Like, it's... I'm sure, oh. I'm sure we talked about this on the pod before, but you should watch on YouTube Ben Affleck uh, doing the DVD commentary. Uh, the Martian? No, no, no. no. Uh, where they're talking about the, the, the oil drilling bit in Armageddon, and he's basically just like, this is ridiculous. Why would NASA teach a whole load of people to... <laughs> <laughs> basically teach a whole load of people who know how to drill for oil to be yep. astronauts yep. why wouldn't you take the astronauts and teach them how to drill for oil which is undoubtedly easier mm, sure <laughs> yeah but but uh, no there is no but yeah it's brilliant it's yeah. brilliant the way he kind of commentates along with it taking the piss out of the film he's in is genius anyway 69 million dollars doesn't seem like a lot for this kind of tech do you know what I think? I think SpaceX are probably not discounting their service, but they want the work, right? Right. They, they, they want the work. And to strike up a working collegiate partnership with NASA is only going to help them. Yeah. And I think that... I don't know why NASA can't do this themselves, but, you know, why not use... Uh, I'd imagine that they've had their budget cuts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but Donald Trump's starting up this new space defender team oh, as well, isn't he? Oh, might talk about it. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. talks about a bloody wall, but he's got no money for it. I mean, let's, you know... Uh, uh, Mexico are going to pay for the wall, as I, far well, as I've okay. heard. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. wall is coming. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Oh, which is... Right, listeners... The worst, the worst meme in history. We've been told to mention Game of Thrones today neither of us watch it we don't watch it so sorry for lack of Game of Thrones content today <laughs> you're going to love my article though. okay um, that's my article I just think it's very I, I like that there's a there's a partnership there between them and I like the fact that SpaceX are going to go out and see what's wrong with this asteroid so my article bizarrely enough given that we didn't talk about this beforehand is also about space ah. so less uh, sorry less tech more science that's fine let's go with us yeah, go yeah, with yeah. us if you're still listening by this point, we hope you're investing in the show yeah, anyway. you never know. This is from Digital Trends. It's by Trevor Mogg. Oh. like that name, Trevor Mogg. Um, did you see, basically, that they've opened up a public vote for the only unnamed planet in the solar system? I could see the headline there. Uh, they, they have restricted it to three names. So, <laughs> so it's not going to be like gonna, the boat. We're not going to have a repeat of Bo- Boaty McBoatface. Because, you know, they did... They, I love the fact that they've genuinely thought about this and gone, oh, shit, the public will call it Planet Planet Face. We will follow democracy with horrible things like Brexit, but we won't follow democracy with brilliant things like Boaty McBoatface. Well, no, they've just given us a ballot po- it, paper it, with some choices. It doesn't add up. So, basically, it's 12 years ago, uh, in California... Um, we discovered the largest unnamed world in our solar system. I didn't even realise there was an unnamed planet. Did you? What, past Pluto? Uh, it doesn't say, but I, I assume so. Uh, it's Pluto's got not really a planet either. Planetoids, but yeah. this is a planet. Okay. Um, it's gone by the default title, uh, brackets, 225088, close brackets, 2007OR10. And this is not very memorable. This is this follows our sun. This orbits our sun. Yes. Okay. All this right. is a planet in our solar system. Um, so it's a minor planet on the outer reaches of our pl- of our solar system, but it's still a planet. Sounds like Star Wars now. It's on the outer rim. Yeah. They've given <laughs> they've given us uh, a choice of three titles. Ooh. I love this. Ooh. Okay. I like a choice right. of three. Which um, likened to its physical properties, so including water. I, sorry, water, ice, rock, 
possibly methane ice, uh, and a surface that's red in colour. Oh, right. Personally, I think some of these names are no better than Planet McPlanetface. Okay. So the first one is Gonggong. What? Gonggong. 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 Okay. Yeah, uh, which is... Is that Chinese? Yes. How did, wow. did you just see the screen? No, I didn't. I didn't. Right. A Chinese water god with red hair and a serpent-like tail. Sounds sexy. Mm. Known for creating chaos, causing flooding, and tilting the earth. Wow, Gong Gong sounds mad. Right, but I love these two. I love these two. Vili, V-I-L-I, a Nordic deity who, together with Odin and Vey, defeated the frost giant Njur... I don't know. If Odin you, being Thor's father. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, if you, if you like uh, Marvel and... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, Mjir's body was used to create the universe, uh, the flesh and bones of forged into the earth with his blood becoming the rivers and oceans, right? Fine. The last one is the best. Go on. Hole. Hole. H-O-L-L-E. Yeah. A European winter goddess of fertility, rebirth and women. Right, Sorry, Holle. Her name. It's not Holle. It's written as Hole, and you're telling me this plant's called Hole, and it's it's very fertile. A fertile hole. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's get past that. Uh, she makes snow by shaking out her bed. She's a pa- patroness of the household crafts, especially spinning. Random. What the fuck? I know. She is linked to Yuletide, winter solstice season, associated with mistletoe and holly, evergreen plants bearing red berries. Look, it's obvious. Gungong's it's obvious. my favourite. No, no, it's obvious what has to win. No, it Gungong. has to be holly. No, Gungong. Because it's associated with the Yuletide winter sea solstice. And making your bed. Winter is coming. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's not, though, Dave. It's April. Winter is not coming. Winter's coming because we're going to call a planet after the European winter go- goddess of fertility. Fine. Yeah, I mean, I still prefer Gungong. Uh, I like the idea that it's a Chinese goddess with vibrant red hair. Well, the good news is, mate, you've got until the 10th of May 2019 to cast your vote. What, and then they decide on a secret fourth option that's probably boring than more boring than those things. It is, you know, Saturn, Uranus, Jupiter, Gongong. Mind you, no, but they're all based on gods, gods anyway. Well, these yeah, are as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We just discussed, chat. We just spent five minutes discussing that they're based on minor gods it's we haven't heard of. all based on gods that we haven't heard of. Well, I've heard of Neptune. <laughs> well, yes. No, I'm all for it, but... Mars, Venus, Mercury... Gong Gong? I like it. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's, it sounds like a sequel to Gong Girl. Gong Gong. Or oh, even even more gone. It's, she's she's even goner this time. <laughs> gone, <laughs> gone Girl 2. Gong Gong. Even more gone. Except it's Gong Gong rather than Gone Gone. Alright, Gong Gong 2. Gong Gong, the film. The woman from Gong Girl's Gong goes missing. In actual fact, the Gong made herself miss, go missing all along. To get the woman, have you not seen Gong Girl? Yeah, it's it, the Gong. Therefore, stages its own dispute. It, yeah, I'm clutching. Anyway, we'll talk to you on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gong Gong, I like Gong Gong. Mm-hmm.